Think Realty Nation is your host, Avi Golhar. Welcome to the Think Realty podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. I tried to do the reverb. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work in post, but it clearly didn't work then. I'm excited for today's show. Uh, we're talking all things self-directed IRAs and 401ks and SEPs and SEPs and whatever's on your mind uh, regarding self-directed. A self-directed account is one of the most powerful ways to build wealth, but you have to follow the rules. Uh, We have a foremost expert with us today, uh, Jason from Newview, who understands the world of self-directed IRAs. And I've got a couple of very interesting questions for him uh, for first-time investors and then, of course, seasoned investors that have yet to use a self-directed Roth IRA specifically to invest in real estate or lend money through. So that's what's coming up before we get there. A huge shout out to Real Property Management, who's the sponsor of today's podcast. Uh, Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket and not less. RealPropertyMGT.com provides a higher standard of property management to ensure you're maximizing the return on your investments. You want to experience the real difference with real property management. Jason, dude, welcome to the show. It's been a while, my friend. Uh, how are things in the self-directed land? Hey, Avi, good to see you, man. It's been, uh, yeah, been a little bit too long. Uh, things are good. It's, uh, you know, I think as we look in our, uh, our world and our crystal ball, you know, we see the world of self-directed investing continue to get bigger, uh, even as some uncertainty hits the market. Uh, you know, it, uh, it can drive some of the investors maybe, uh, you know, to the sidelines, but uh, it causes a lot of of good long-term investors uh, to stu- start running in full steam. And so we're, we're excited to see that. Excellent. I remember about a year and a half ago, uh, there was a lot of legislation that was uh, being considered to change the rules for self-directed accounts uh, and possibly even harm uh, those investors that had self-directed accounts and uh, specifically Roths and IRAs and 401ks and 403bs, etc. Could you talk to what happened as a result of that? And are we, uh, do we have anything to fear as it relates to potential government rules and regulation changes around self-directed accounts? Well, you know, the government can do anything. and, And when I say the government, right, you've got the Senate and Congress and um, you know, the House and all of these different uh, bodies that, that create uh, legislation. But thankfully, we live in a, a society whereby usually, um, you know, it's got to pass through enough different sets of hands where hopefully cooler heads prevail. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a few years back, we had some legislation. Uh, there's a variety of things that, that have come out. Um, but, you know, I kind of refer to it as the Peter Thiel, uh, you know, legislation. If, if for those that aren't familiar, Peter Thiel is a co-founder of PayPal. Uh, and he has uh, announced or somehow became public that he had a, over a billion dollars in a Roth IRA. Uh, and everybody kind of lost their mind and, and said, well, how's that even possible? You know, and, and it was ultimately uh, he had bought a lot of uh, a very low valued stock at the time, which then became a, a unicorn, which uh, you know, is known as PayPal and, and some others. Uh, and as a result, there were some legislators that said, we've got to put a stop to this. And so uh, yeah, they, they put a lot of legislation around a couple key areas. One was uh, capping Roths, eliminating Roths, putting income restrictions on Roths. Uh, the other was around private investments. They said an uh, IRA cannot own a, a private investment, right? They, they didn't specifically name real estate or lending. They named private equity. And as a result, uh, there was a lot of, of uproar, uh, and, and as you can imagine, rightfully so. Thankfully, 
uh, that didn't last very long. It was uh, not only was it squashed, we've only seen it actually go in the complete opposite direction since then. Uh, for those that are familiar with the Secure and Secure 2.0, uh, they've not only increased Roths, they've added Roth components to simple IRAs and SEPs, which historically did not have a Roth component. There is no income restriction. There still are uh, full conversion rules, and now they're allowing you to contribute higher dollar amounts uh, into these additional types of accounts beyond the Roth with after-tax money. So. Um, you know, to, to suggest that uh, that it won't rear its head again, you know, who knows? But um, I love uh, when you see legislation that doesn't just disappear, but, but you know, within a year or two later, uh, you see the opposite-ended legislation that passes with flying colors. Uh, I think it gives, you know, an idea of where we're headed. And, and I'll, I'll just close this out with this. If you think about the government, you know, while they don't like the Peter Thiel success stories of all this tax-free growth, when push comes to shove, they look at the Roth IRA and realize that's tax revenue into the Treasury today. And so as much as they want to fight it, they love the Roth, like it or not. I didn't think about it like that before. That's interesting to me. Because the Roth IRA, you're paying taxes today for tax-free tax yep. growth uh, forever. So, of course, they're going to like it. They have, they have no choice but to absolutely love it. Um, man. I love the United yeah. States of America. Something that I learned um, that was kind of interesting, and I didn't know this, is that the, the way that, that, that budgets work, uh, you know, in, in Congress and, and uh, the government, is it's a 10-year window, not 10 years in a day. So, you know, when they look at some of these, these mm -hmm. deferral programs uh, that are out there, all that's doing is, is putting money off budget that they can't take any credit for. So it's why you're seeing a lot of this Roth stuff being so excitable to them is because if they would if they remove it uh, and eliminate it and money moves into traditionals, uh, anything that's 10 years out can't even show up on their budget. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a little bit of uh, uh, of just kind of the way that they track budgets and it works very well in our favor. And, and it's proven to only be more accessible, not less accessible as a result. I know there are a lot of real estate investors that are thinking about opening a self-directed account and maybe they just haven't had a chance to do that. Maybe they're too busy flipping a house. Maybe they're too busy watching people on TV flip a house. We don't know. Uh, or getting inspired by those that do. If there's one account that you would recommend opening as a real estate professional, what would it be and why? And I'm interested to see your thoughts on this. And uh, uh, if, if you're wrong, we should battle it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I got a feeling we'll, we'll be our visions will be the same here. I think so. You know, there's with the just at least caveat that every situation is a little bit different. But speaking in general terms, uh, a self-employed real estate investor, um, the best plan, hands down, uh, for a variety of reasons, which I'm happy to to, to elaborate better on, uh, is the individual 401k, solo 401k, solo QRP. Goes by a bunch of different names, but it, it's an owner-only 401k plan. Uh, that gives the really the self-employed real estate investor uh, both an employee deferral, a profit sharing employer deferral. Uh, it's got the Roth contributions. It's got no uh, UDFI or UVIT tax. It's got loan provisions. And it also, uh, by the way, comes with the highest amount of contribution limit against any other plan with the shortest amount of income required. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, all around just, just a fantastic plan. And it's not real estate investors alone. Anyone self-employed without employees should be considering that plan uh, over anything else. Uh, I, 
I couldn't agree more. I was uh, my initial gut reaction uh, when thinking about this type of strategy and how it generally fits into a wheelhouse would be that 401k, uh, possibly even a Roth, uh, depending on what I wanted to do with the Roth. And again, there are like a lot of rules and regs and we're not, I'm not a financial advisor. So make sure that you get in touch with Jason and his team uh, so you can figure out the best strategy for, uh, for what you're looking to do. And this is something that you should, uh, you the viewer uh, of Think Realty Nation, you need to be taking very seriously. Um, if you can avoid paying as much in tax as you can, you should. And this is a program, this is what the government created so you can take control of your retirement and not have, uh, not have to wait around for somebody else to do that for you. Uh, and if you're a self-employed individual, this absolutely, I, I don't know if I can think of a better word, but it weaponizes and supercharges, if you will, uh, your financial future and uh, potential earnings inside of your retirement accounts. Uh, and if you're not doing that, uh, you really pay attention to it. If you're the kind of individual that wants to flip, 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 and you're constantly paying the capital gains tax on every single flip, you're losing the game here, uh, everybody. So make sure you get in touch with Jason and his team over at newviewtrust.com. Uh, Jason, what is the number one, uh, not mistake, but the number one uh, rule that is violated uh, inside, of a, inside of a self-directed ecosystem that you see the most and then you turn around and tell the, tell the individual that violated this rule, how I told you so, and you should have paid more attention. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's only a few rules to follow. Um, so there's not a lot of different rules to break, but the, the, the rules really break down in two components, right? You have one component is you can't buy life insurance, you can't buy collectibles. Um, that's not really what we see very, very few times. Occasionally, uh, you know, we'll get the question of, can I buy something that, that's, you know, deemed or considered a collectible? Rule, the, really, the second rule, and, and this is to answer your question, the one that's most often at least attempted to be violated or, or likely violated, um, is the, really the prohibited transaction around arm's length transactions. So, you know, if you think about your IRA, it's a tax advantage tool. It's either tax-free forever or it's tax deferred. Either way, both of those types of accounts represent major opportunity against your personal money. What people automatically think is that if they can self-direct their retirement account, they now can control it into their personal account. And if you kind of think about that, um, you know, if you have an account at Schwab, you can self-direct it. You can pick your own investments, but you got to buy stocks and bonds. No personal benefit, no tangible benefit, and everyone's okay with that. Yet when they get to a self-directed IRA through someone like Newview, their first thought is, how do I get my money you know, into my hands or how do I get as much money into this Roth as possible, which I love strategizing with, but um, the IRS is very clear. If the deal is not arm's length, and they meaning it's, it's fair market values amongst people where the relationship in, isn't impacting the terms, and they list some people you cannot do business with, you your parents, your grandparents, your children and grandchildren, and the spouses and businesses. Um, as long as you steer clear of those folks, um, you're fine. Um, but what it ends up happening, and I get questions like this, is, you know, I want to go do this deal for 50 bucks and I'm going to make 50 million. Can I do that? And my first question is, you know, how are you tied into that investment? Well, it's my dad, it's my, you know, this, it's my that. And so my general question is, if I made the investment, would I get the similar or same terms? If the answer is yes, then you're probably arm's length and, and doing okay. 
If the answer is no, then you probably ought to reevaluate that deal because the very reason you want to do it is probably the very reason the IRS is looking to penalize you for it. That's, that's fa fair enough. Arm's length transactions, if you don't know what those are, pay attention, rewind, and just listen to that again. Um, and also, again, get in touch with the team, Jason's team over at New View. That's, uh, you have to understand this uh, major component of yep. uh, the rule that you shouldn't be violating. Uh, big, big, big problem. Um, what type of assets can I own inside of a self-directed account? Can I, can I, like gold? Can I put, what can I put in there? Seems like this kind of black box that's in the ether floating around outer space, which is also void of all color and all things. So it's just like, how do I, how do I, what do I do? How do I get it in there? Yeah, I mean, you got the mechanics of it. I think from a, just a, a practical standpoint, you know, to answer the question of what can you do, I mean, really anything but life insurance and collectibles so long as it's arm's length. Now, it's not necessarily that black and white, but in, in, in reality it is. Um, you know, our, our clients break down really into four categories. Um, the, the first category is real estate, and that's real estate of all types. This is where we would uh, consider anything like raw land, you know, rental property, single family homes, anything that had a deeded title uh, to real property. The second category is private notes. Uh, these can be secured, unsecured. This can be convertible debt, business debt, bridge financing. Really, anything that has you know, some sort of interest rate and a maturity date typically falls into the category of notes. The third one is private equity. Um, private equity is any sort of private entity in which you're buying some sort of equity stake in. So this we see a lot in partnerships. Uh, we see a lot in uh, LLCs and C-corporations. Any of these private equity um, deals can be businesses. They could be uh, real estate-based. It could be lending-based. But we call them private equity because the end result from an IRA investment standpoint is you're buying the equity of a private uh, enterprise. The fourth is kind of that catch-all other. Uh, this is where cryptos would fall. This is where precious metals would fall. Uh, tax liens, tax certificates, um, you know, those would fall in here, those being some of the more common things uh, that we see. Um, you know, we see a lot of joint ventures and a lot of kind of one-off agreements for, for one-off deals that fall into that other category. But that's kind of the, the core four, if you will. Uh, that represents probably 95% of the assets that we hold uh, within our client portfolio. Can you quickly touch base on uh, a checkbook um, IRA and whether or not that is truly effective for handling self-directed funds? Yeah, I'm happy to. And, and I would say checkbook control um, IRAs is, is something that uh, when it makes sense, it's a great tool. Um, and when it doesn't make sense, it's not worth uh, the setup and structure. So it's just something that you want to look at. I think sometimes people think it's one or the other. Um, you know, the way an IRA works is the IRA is directed through a custodian. That's how every self-directed IRA works from, from start to finish. What, what you have is you have an IRA and you direct, in this case, new view to go buy a property or to go buy a private equity. What a checkbook IRA, and it's really a checkbook LLC, tied to an IRA does, it says, I'm going to direct my custodian to buy 100% of the shares of an LLC that I just established for that IRA, which is, is, is perfectly permissible as long as you're following all the rules around arm's length. Once that occurs, any subsequent investments are no longer directed through the custodian. You're able to go buy them directly through the LLC. Um, pros and cons. 
Um, pros are that now, right, if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in your IRA that you've now bought the equity of this LLC with, that LLC could go buy two or three properties, it could buy rental properties, and you can have a little bit more, when I say a little bit more hands-on, you can have a little bit more control being at the LLC versus having to go through the directed uh, portion of the custodian. That's a pro. Um, another pro is that you've got quicker access to money, you've got um, the ability to, to have a little bit more oversight, so those are all pros. Uh, additional pros are you only pay the custodian for one asset. So for us, if you do that, you pay us for one one asset and all the subsequent assets because they're bought by the LLC and don't cross our books. Obviously, we don't charge you a fee for that. The cons, um, if you will, are you're doing the work. Um, so this is something that that you know I, I I liken this to mowing your own grass. You know you can't say that you saved money by mowing your grass. You just traded your labor for the the cost that it would cost you to mow the grass. But at the end of the day, you got to get out there and mow it. Um, just because you're paying us less money, which is is fine, uh, doesn't mean that you're not taking on more work and responsibility, i.e. mowing the grass. So um, I wouldn't do it to save a few hundred bucks. If you're that penny foolish around how you save money, you're, you're giving up way too much of your actual time at the expense. So a good investor would rather have the hours of time back, not the couple hundred bucks in administrative fees. But um, you know, I digress on that piece of it. The other piece is that uh, a lot of people think it's a great way to save fees. Well, what they don't realize is they also have to pay LLC filing fees. And in states like California, yeah. that can be 800 plus dollars. Yeah. So it's not always a, a fee centric. So if people tell me they're doing it for fees, I tell them we just may not be the right custodian for you, um, you know, because we want to be the best and we want you to, to do business with the best. But if you are looking for more control, more flexibility, the ability to you know have that direct oversight of the money. Uh, I think an LLC is a great tool. Um, my typical rule of thumb, if people ask me my opinion, is I wouldn't do it uh, until I was going to buy at least two or three individual assets that did require some attention. Um, I've seen some people that have set up an LLC and made one passive investment into a partnership that had no moving parts you know, absolutely no reason to do it. And it probably cost them more in fees and energy uh, for, for something that was dormant. So, you know, just be mindful of what you're doing. Great strategy, great tool when the situation arises, but it's not a, a one size fits all. Jason, the problem with what you just said is I like the smell of cutting my own grass, holding an $8 iced latte from Starbucks. So um, um, people, yeah. people like you, don't no, just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, you frustrate me because you don't let me mow my own lawn. Uh, no, but to your point, there's a lot of this compliance, and what am I doing, wasting my time, uh, yep. sitting here filling out paperwork, and I, where I should be instead looking for opportunity. So, nonetheless, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jason. I certainly appreciate it. Um, Think Realty Nation, you want to get in touch with Jason and his team at New View Trust? Uh, do it at newviewtrust.com. Uh, again, Jason, we'll have you back. We need to continue to talk through any changes that are happening in this industry uh, to make our listeners and viewers aware of how they should change their strategies accordingly. So, so certainly appreciate you coming on. Hey, have a good to see you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you got it. If you got questions for us or any member of the Think Realty team, certainly get in touch on thinkrealty.com or you can find me anywhere online at Abby Golhar. Until next time. Happy investing.